0: christian israelites all over the world thanks for tuning in this is bloodlines on Eurofolk folk radio uh, today the last day of july we made it folks <laughs> i wonder how august is going to treat us the world is not treating us very well is it
1: michael no it doesn't so now it seems more other now they have all kind of what to say pestilence and all kind of um, ter- i don't know m- most much of it i believe is man made problem now with energy crisis here in europe to, pro- to talk about the the gas they would don't get any any gas from russia uh-huh. and the price of the energy is, is skyrocketing and that i believe is due to this this stupidity of green energy that is just a lie oh, yeah. that it- it doesn't uh, doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just watching a video about electric cars. They are so they're often fifty percent heavier than uh, gas driven cars. So if you if one of those cars crashes into you, <laughs> I don't know if they spill battery acid on people when they crash, right? But uh, they do a lot more damage if an electric car runs into your car. You're the one who takes the brunt of the damage. And, of course, they're trying to outlaw gas-driven vehicles. They're trying to outlaw it, folks. So, you know, save your save your gas. Save your gas-driven vehicle because, you know, it's really hard to plug those things in and, and really get anywhere. You know, it takes 45 minutes to charge one of those electric vehicles. And they often catch fire while they're plugged into the charging station, right? <laughs> so, but... Yeah, and then you talk about yeah. irradiation while you sitting in your car. Huh? Wow. Oh, man. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and then we also have this now with the discussion about the, uh, the prices of electricity is skyrocketing. Then you sit with your electrical car, and then you got busted there too. You thought you saved money on using it now. You got the yeah. short end of it because, yeah, you were tricked us with the diesel discussion. The diesel car was bad. Oh, it did drink less diesel. And then ah, people right. jump onto the bandwagon with diesels. And then now electrical cars, and now we have the same story. It yeah. get squeezed one more time.
0: Yeah, and it's really not saving any emissions because the power companies that supply the electricity are either nuclear or, or gas or coal, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's a hoax. It's just another hoax for the end times. And uh, and the people are falling, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's so easy to fool the masses with all of these contrived, it's not even saving money, contrived concern for humanity, concern for the environment, concern for animals. Our people are just suckers for these sob stories. That's all they are. They're Jewish sob stories. And our people are suckers and falling for it all the time.
1: Yeah, that's because they have no, no, um, they have no foundations in the truth. They have no. Isn't that is uh, if you don't have a foundation like a rock, like yep, um, the right? yes, actual Messiah, you will be like a, a, a boat on the on the on the on the, on the ocean. Yeah. If you don't have any rudder. You don't have any any firm any firm beliefs. So then you can be led away by anything.
0: Yeah, and crashing on the rocks. <laughs> that, that's what typically happens to those people. All right, so anyway, today, oh, by the way, yeah. Uh, Swamp Fox mentioned the, the great little song, and that's, of course, by Carl Klang. And uh, uh, the, the guy from Florida, well, I can't remember his name now, he just uh, did a tribute to Carl Klang. He's uh, a white nationalist in Florida. And uh, I haven't been following him much lately, so I, I forget what his name is. But uh, uh, you know, he's, he's very well-known in white nationalist circles. Anyway, I, I sent him an email telling him, uh, by the way, you know that Carl Klang is Christian identity, don't you? <laughs> right? And he's not identity. He's, he's uh, resisting identity very, very strongly. But I think he'll come around. Anyway, but a lot of these white nationalists are stuck in this idea that the Jews are God's chosen people, and that we in identity want to be Jews, okay? Of course, that's the furthest thing from the truth. We don't want to be Jews. We are Israelites, and we want to stay Israelites, period.
1: All right? That, that's what we want to do, okay? So, uh, so yeah, and I can, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I lost you up in, because when, <laughs> after that, Carl Klang has, has died. I know that... Uh, uh, would you say the national socialists the white so- the white naturalists in Sweden made the same tribute they had a tribute about him, but they they didn't mention that he was a Christian that he was an identity christian Th- that that right. they never mentioned and right. the songs they put up on Karl K- Klang all had to do more with their secular view. they right. never embraced they never talked about. Um, christian identity the only time i read about something about identity christianity was in the article about rudy uh, randy weaver that right. was the only time they did mention it otherwise they never even mention it
0: right because he, he wrote a song about randy weaver yeah and, yeah, uh, you know, and he, he does a lot in fact toward the end of his life he did more and more blatantly christian songs you know uh we uh, We praise Yahweh that's one, that's one of his last songs. And you know so he went more from political and racial to Christian identity as time went on, and by the time he died, he was full-blown identity. His, his latest output was all identity stuff. Yeah, and of course, the white nationalists resist this just as much as the politically how should I, the politically naive who don't want to believe that the Jews run the world. They, so, they just don't want to believe that. Right? At least the white nationalists know that the Jews run run the world, but they just don't want to accept Christianity because they think it's a Jewish cult. Well, actually, yeah. they're right. Most of Christianity is a Jewish cult,
1: <laughs> right? but not
0: identity. Huh.
1: Okay. So, That's the I don't know, and I don't I can't really understand why why the white nationalists and the national socialists are so. If you read also much on there, uh, they never attribute, they never write anything about Christianity or our yeah. our belief. Noth- nothing, they more like want to hide it. They'd never, and all and at least when I listen to them, they are always a- atheistic or pagan.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be their downfall because they're not going to understand reality unless they realize that what the Bible is really about is the bloodline of the fallen angels who are today known as Jews and the bloodline of the Adamites who we are. And of course they are the same, but they just don't want to accept that view of the Bible. It's just too, well, number one, it's, it it sounds so radical, right? That they're there's offspring of the fallen angels walking around on the earth, known as Jews, right? But yeah, all the giants, all the evidence of giants, it's everywhere. So I don't know, what, what do they think about that, uh, Michael? Do they talk about giants, or is that just too far
1: uh, out, out of their mindset? too far off them i have not seen really anything about it and they they when i read what, what they think that the white race is from they believe they are from the the north that's why they are blue eyed they they are more in that category and they only, only they also believe in darwin more of the okay. the so yeah, so, uh, you that that garbage
0: right right yeah so evolution and uh, so but we can see there isn't any more evolution. <laughs> In fact, we've got devolution. Everything is degenerating back to the the, uh, the Stone Age, right? It's degenerating back to the Stone Age. So I'm not sure if I put the link for the, doctor, uh, the Dr. the Doctor John Coleman book into the chat room. Let me uh comment. I didn't do that. Okay, all right. Uh, but I just I put – that- Okay, yeah, go ahead and do that. And I just put the uh, link to – the Southern Poverty Law Center, the racist book "Camp of the Saints," gains in popularity, and it's very interesting that this French novel, "The Camp of the Saints," has become, uh, as they say, this is the SPLC, Southern Poverty uh, 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 what's it, uh, uh, SPLC Southern Poverty Law Center. That's what they call themselves. All right, and. Uh, a French novel, The Camp of the Saints, has become the favorite racist fantasy of the anti-immigrant movement. Now, really? Fantasy? Yeah. Europe is swarming with aliens of different races from various countries around the world. That's a fantasy?
1: Really? No. Ah, uh, now I saw what page you're referring to. Ah, this is Southern Law, yeah. Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a Jewish under-defamation uh, yeah. league, I guess. Yeah, Yiddish. <laughs> I'm right? right? Yiddish, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay. And, uh, uh, and when it was published in the U.S. by the Social Contract Press, the book is revered by American white supremacists. I think the Nordics in Europe need to read this book too. I don't know if it's been translated into... Uh, Swedish, or Danish, and whatever, but most of most of the people in that part of the world read English anyway. Okay, so they can certainly uh, this uh, this book, The Camp of the Saints, needs to be spread around because he had a dream. The author had a dream uh, that Europe would be swamped by non-whites. Whether the, whether his dream said it was caused by Jews or not, we'll find out. Of course, the SPLC would never admit that if he indeed says that. So just let me go through this review. It's very brief. Le Camp de Saints in a 1990, uh, sorry 1973 novel by Frenchman Jan Raspel was first translated in English as The Camp of the Saints in 1975. It has been published a total of five times in the United States, most recently by the Social Contract Press, an outfit that specializes in hardline anti-immigration Propaganda? Propaganda? Yeah, our countries are being swamped by so-called immigrants, most of it done totally illegally. And it's propaganda? No, folks, we're speaking the truth. It's the Jews that create propaganda. It says, the book is a racist fantasy about an invasion of France and the white Western world by a fleet of starving, (laughs) dark-skinned, what did they call it when it was happening? The uh, Armada? I forget the, they had a term for all these ships and boats coming from Africa many of the people aboard those boats drowning in the in the ocean right and then we had Jewish agents at the seashore waiting to give them food and and passports and money right that's that's what was going on all right so this fleet of immigrants coming from Africa to europe is the total fulfillment of what this guy saw absolute 100 maybe somebody in China remember what those they weren't called caravans but uh they were uh you know black africans and dark arabs and who knows what coming from africa invading europe and of course we have the same problem on our southern border with the blacks and browns being imported by Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, so our version of the communists. <laughs> and you have your communists over there. They call themselves socialists, and they'll call them Democrat, themselves democratic socialists and even Christian socialists. There's no such thing, okay? Yes, uh, the invasion of the insects, <laughs> right? Thank you, Brother Amir. Swarms of them coming to our shores. Let's continue. So, the book is a racist fantasy, they say, of uh, (laughs) a a haunting and prophetic vision, TSP says. That's not haunting at all. It's real. It's terror. (laughs) We're, We're living in this terror. It's terror. What's the genre? A horror movie. It's a science fiction horror movie in real life, folks, of Western civilization overrun by a burgeoning third-world population. Indeed. Truth spoken plainly. The book characterizes non-whites as horrific and uncivilized monsters who will stop at nothing to greedily and violently seize what rightfully belongs to the white man. That was, that's true. Incredibly, although the book is widely reviled in Europe, uh, in the European press, which is owned by the Jews... Its translation in English was greeted with excited reviews like the one in the Wall Street Journal that said the book had moments of, quote, of appalling power and occasionally a terrible beauty. <laughs> That's double speak if I've ever heard it. In it. Oh, right, sorry, 1982, Raspail boasted of the novel's foresight and explained his view that the proliferation of other races dooms our race, my race, to extinction in the century to come, if we hold fast to our present moral principles, Today, the Camp of the Saints is widely revered by American white supremacists and is a sort of anti-immigration analog to the Turner Diaries, the race war novel written by William Pierce, head of the neo-Nazi National Alliance. In fact, Pierce's publishing arm, National Vanguard Books, Describes Raspail's book as one of the most famous, popular, and important racialist novels, unquote. Here are some excerpts. Quote, as the refugee fleet arrives on French shores, a noble old professor kills a fellow white who is depicted as having sold out his race and civilization. Afterwards, as he celebrates the killing, the professor reflects on the loss of white pride. The old professor understood that scorn of a people for other races, the knowledge that one's own is best, the triumphant joy at feeling oneself to be part of humanity's finest, none of that had ever filled these white youngsters' brains, or at least so little, that the monstrous cancer of compassion for other races implanted in the Western conscience had quashed it in no time at all. What do you think, Michael? Isn't this actually what has gone on
1: in the minds? Yeah. Of white people? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly describes the, I guess, that is the chutzpah of the author here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The are... Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, but that's what I, I'm seeing. that they describe exactly what has happened, what is happening.
0: Yeah, anybody with eyes to see can see it. But it's amazing, people who have been so propagandized that they can't even see that their own race is being destroyed by non-whites and they think it's good <laughs> it's quite amazing it, ch- it just proves the power of propaganda and that's the first thing after the jews move into a country with their banking operations then they to ta- proceed to take over the press and they have taken over the press globally with a, a, a few with only a few exceptions now let's continue at one point, a French town faced with the threat of diseased foreigners. <laughs> issues an edict requiring Arabs to get a certificate of health before using its public swimming pools. You know what? In America, when the Jews started coming over, we did the same thing to the Jews. <laughs> right? they, couldn't use public, they couldn't go on public golf courses. They couldn't even stay at a hotel because Americans viewed them with such scorn. They were a dirty, filthy people. Retaliation took many forms. A hundred nice French girls teaching school in Algeria were suddenly hauled into the hospital and spread on the stirrups to be plumbed and explored by a squad of medical student commandos, whipped up to a frenzy. Two of them died as a result. Yeah, the the hospital, what are the hospitals doing to our women? Aborting our babies? Uh, Tearing their wombs out? It's called hysterectomy. Transgender mutilation? The book repeatedly characterizes non-whites as sexual carnivores. Isn't that accurate?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, that's accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah. As in the scene aboard the refugee fleet that is heading for Europe. But in time, very slowly, the flesh aboard the ships began to seethe. Perhaps it was the heat most of all the natural drive of a people who never found sex to be sin. Everywhere a mass of hands and mouths, of phalluses and rumps. Young boys passed from hand to hand. Young girls barely ripe, waking to the silent play of eager lips. Men with women, men with men, women with women, men with children. And so, in a welter of dung and debauchery and hope as well, the last chance armada pushed toward the West.
1: Well, isn't that how it is today in
0: our world? Yeah. I mean, talk about a prophetic novel, <laughs> Camp of the Saints. Okay. No wonder this novel doesn't get any publicity. And it's exactly describing what happened to white people in Europe. I mean, it hasn't quite gotten this bad here in America, but as more and more immigrants pour in, it's, uh, and these are not immigrants, Invaders. As more and more invaders pour in, in fact, it's gotten so bad, Michael, that the UN has issued debit cards. These debit cards are given to Mexican invaders so they can spend, uh, have, buy stuff when they get here. I don't know if they do that in Europe, but that's what they're doing here. Okay. Not
1: aware of it, but yeah. I can see if I can find something about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it continues. As the third world world slaughter of whites picks up speed, the book describes a scene in a pig processing plant in which a black man slaughters his white boss after being asked to kill pigs more quickly. Sure enough, boss, one red splattered black said, we can sure enough do one more at least. The white man felt no more pain than any of the other pigs on the line. Stunned, hoisted, slaughtered, hung from a hook. The murdered boss's body caused no special disgust among the black workers. They had seen such things before. After all, at market in the Congo, and as we know, folks, blacks, the last statistics I read, one-third of blacks confessed to engaging in cannibalism. All of the white, proselytizing ministers that have gone to Africa to try to convert them to Christianity Most of them have just thrown their hands up and say, when we leave, they revert back to their old practices. And that's exactly what happens. As the novel nears its end, Lydie, depicted as a traitor to her white race, becomes a sexual plaything for the dark-skinned refugees who have now seized power. Lydie died in Nice in a whorehouse for Hindus. At the time, each refugee quarter had its stock of white women, all free for the taking one of the new regime's laws, in fact, in order to demythify white women, as they put it. In the end, Lydie, along with her other white female sex slaves, is confined by the quote-unquote Hindus to their white female practice and experimentation center. So, not having read the novel, it sounds to me like the author is using Hindu as a synonym for Jews, (laughs) or as a code word for Jews, Right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. The novel ends where it began, with the arrival of the refugee fleet in France. First to land were the monsters, the grotesque little beggars from the streets of Calcutta. As they groveled through the west stand like a pack of basset hounds or a herd of clumsy seals exploring an unfamiliar shore, with their snorts and grunts of joy, they looked like an army of little green men from some remote planet. Yes, the country, France, would suit them fine. No Question.
1: Yeah, that sounds like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Great
0: yeah. I mean, uh, this review is actually excellent because it reveals what the book is about very faithfully. Right? They just say, well, it's all fantasy. No. Oh, yeah. Look around you, folks. Fantasy has become reality. Science fiction horror has become reality. All right. Okay. Let's get back to Dr. John Coleman and his analysis of the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. And I'll bet the Tavistock Institute has had lots to do with the importation of African invaders into Europe. Tons. All right. Over to you.
1: Yes. So we would then start on page uh, 11 in Roman, Roman uh, letters. On the, I will start on the top of it.
0: Yes, okay.
1: Um, in this endeavor, the member of the board consulted with the British royal family and obtained the approval of the Olympians, uh, the inner core of the Committee of 300, to formulate a strategy. Funding was provided by the monarchy, the Rothschild, the Milner Group, and the Rockefeller Family Trusts. Uh, so he tells us that the monarchies, I don't know what to say monarchies. Is this all the monarchies of the world or mainly the British one? I don't know.
0: Well, but they're not on of, our
1: side anyway. Yeah, when it's right.
0: I would say most of them are have been infiltrated, not not necessarily intermixed with the, the Jewish blood, but certainly controlled by Jewish money, no doubt.
1: Yeah, that's how uh, I view the monarchy here in Sweden yeah. too. 1936, um, Spengler's monumental work had come to the attention of what had been become the Tavistock Institute in preparation for a change uh, um, and reshaping public opinions for the second time in less than 12 years by an, um, an con- yeah, yeah. Unanimous.
0: Uh, Unanimous. Unanimity. Unanim- everybody agrees, right? <laughs> yeah, that uh, everybody 24. at Tavistock agreed that Spengler's massive book was a blueprint. Back to you.
1: Yes, was a um, massive book was adopted as the blueprint for a new working model to bring about the decline and fall of Western civilization necessary to create and establish a new world order inside of one world government.
0: Yeah, ironically, uh, Spengler was issuing this warning that this is what's going to happen to our race if we, if we don't, uh, you know, Take care and observe what the New World Order is up to, all right? I'm wondering if that Frenchman's book was used as a model for the immigration invasion, right? Predictive, uh, unwitting predictive
1: programming. Yes, and as you and me spoke about last time, we shouldn't give our enemies those good ideas. That's right. That's, again, here, if this book is some kind of a guidance for them. They've used yes. it as an – he tried to warn, warn us about it, but then our people are lazy. They don't read anything, so then, ah, oh, I don't care. And then the, the New World other guys, the, the Rothschild and the other minor Jews took advantage of it.
0: Yeah. Do, do our people still watch television? <laughs>
1: all right.
0: I guess they Tell do. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. All right. And, and iPhones, iPads, oh. all kind of media. They consume all kind of media. Yeah. Uh, yeah Sanger a- Hell, um, it's bound to happen that alien elements would be introduced into Western civilization in increasing numbers, and that the Western would f- fail at the time to expel the aliens, thereby sealing its-, its fate. A society whose inward beliefs and sound convictions would become at variance with its outward profession and the, and thus western civilization would fall uh, by the wayside in the manner of the ancient civilization of greece and rome. Amen. hmm could it be that the same elements use this tactic against our those former uh, uh, former civilizations
0: yes yeah well because
1: at least the roman one
0: well we know that the jewish money lending uh, model uh, the fractional reserve banking system was formulated, was perfected in ancient Babylon. And the Babylonian bankers, after Babylon was overthrown, w- went to Persia. And when the Greeks overthrew Persia, well, then they went to Greece. So, you know, wh- whatever beast that's the term the Bible uses whatever beast is most powerful in the world. The Babylonian bankers always travel there to exploit the prosperity of the new kingdom, right? So it went from Babylon to Greece to Rome, and then from Rome to Catholic Europe, and from Catholic Europe to the world, (laughs) basically. All right, back to you.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so after Alexander, I guess, uh, that was when those lesser four generals took over. Then those bankers had a firm grip. I don't know how much grip they had over Alexander. But,
0: oh, no, no, no not, uh, He died. He died early.
1: Yeah, he died early. Was, yeah. I mean, he has conquered the known world before he was 32. So right. Um, Tabitha's thinking was that uh, Spengler had in, indoctrinated Western civilizations to believe that it would err on the side of Roman civilization and expel the aliens. The genetic loss that has fallen upon Europe and especially on Scandinavia. England, Germany, France, and the Anglo-Saxon, Nordic, Alpine, Germanic race that began just before the Second World War is already so great as to be beyond expectation and continues at an alarming pace under the sky guidance of the Tavistock managers. Right. Yeah, And here, here I guess, is also one of the reasons why this Tavistock, why this, uh, what is it, Tavistock Institute is a tool against you in America because, as it said here, we are pretty down it sounds like here
0: yeah yeah
1: well I That's mean right. uh,
0: yeah brother neighbor talking about that we are in the time to take Jacob's troubles there's no doubt about it the Jews aren't in any trouble they sit a queen they're mystery Babylon who can overthrow us all right
1: <laughs> yes please continue what's Terrible picture that Swamp put up. Sorry, that was terrible. Uh, I get right. blue. Uh-huh.
0: Uh,
1: let's proceed. Right. Um, it was a lot of Negroes with white girls. That was why I got right, blue. Right, right. Um, <laughs> let's. Did I come? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. The and and, and continues. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I lost a bit. Now, page (laughs) 12 then. What was a very rare instance became a common occurrence. Uh, A black man married to a white woman or vice versa. Okay, that was the picture. Right, Uh, that was the
0: picture. (laughs) uh,
1: The two world wars cost the German uh, nation almost one quarter of its population. Most of the intellectual engineers of the German nation were diverted into war channels in um, defense of the fatherland at the expense of science, arts, literature, music, and the culture, spiritual and moral advancements of the nation. The same could be said of the British nation. The blaze kindled by the British under the direction of Tavistock set all of Europe on fire and did incalculable damage, according to the Tavistock blueprint that marches Spengler's predictions.
0: Right. So Spengler gave them an idea, <laughs> and, they, and they put it into effect. Right. Well, one quarter of the German population was holocausted, and we could say that w- fully one third of the white race was holocausted in World Wars One and Two, and that Holocaust is still happening today. And virtually none of the white people understand that it is indeed a Holocaust.
1: No, they only look to one certain uh, yeah. Holocaust. Yeah. Not on on the one that is factual happening in the time they are they are whining about something other fictitious maybe yes um, classical and west western are the only two civilizations that could bring uh, bring a modern resen- uh, renaissance to the world they had flourished and uh, progressed just as long as these the civilizations remained under the control of the Anglo-Saxon Nordic Alpine Germanic races. The uh, unsurpassed beauty of their literature, art, their classic spiritual and moral advancements of the female sex with a very large uh, corresponding degree of uh, protection was what uh, uh, distinguished Western and classicalization from others.
0: Yes. Amen. Yeah. Christianity is the best thing that ever happened to women.
1: Yeah, but that they have forgotten now. They believe that they have, must have free choice over their body. They, that uh, that is, it's a terrible if, if they don't have, not have um, choice over their body. I've heard that here in Sweden when, when you did that. Um, wonderful that, that you are, I think you are forbidding the abortion has been uh, been how you had, right. have given it a big, big blow in America. Right, right. It has. It has. And That's very good. Very yeah. good.
0: Yeah, although I think the motivation of the Supreme Court was just to create more friction between left and right. Nevertheless, that is a, a very positive step for
1: our civilization if we ever regain it. <laughs> okay, back to you. Yeah, that, and then I have had discussions with people here. They say, "Oh, that's oh, that's not freedom anymore." Ba 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 ba. I asked. I just shook my head. I don't know what to really. But to say that the women have the right to murder just because she have in inrespectable sex, I don't believe that is a right for her.
0: Yes. Then, but then they, they have they have no compunction about being jabbed. Whatever happened to my body myself. <laughs> no, my body belongs to the doctor.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um it was this bastion that Spengler saw coming under increasing attack, and, and the thinking that Tavistock ran on parallel tracks, but with a totally different goal. Tavistock saw the civilization a stumbling back to un- ushering a new world order, as did the emphasis on prote- uh, protecting and elevating of female sex to a place of high respect and honor. Okay.
0: Okay, you want me to pick it up from here? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, page 13. Okay. Yes. Thus, the whole thrust of Tavistock was to, quote-unquote, democratize the West by an attack on womanhood and the racial, moral, spiritual, and religious foundation upon which Western civilization rested, namely the biblical family. (laughs) Right? Right. As Spengler suggested, the Greeks and Romans were devoted to the social, religious, moral, and spiritual advancement and the preservation of womanhood, and they were successful for just as long as they were in control and could arrange matters so that government was carried out by a limited number of responsible citizens supported by the general populace below them, all being of the same pure, unadulterated race. The planners at Tavistock saw that the way to upset the balance of Western civilization was to force unwelcome changes in the race by removing control from the deserving to the undeserving in the manner of ancient Roman leaders who were supplanted by their former slaves and aliens whom they had permitted to come and dwell among them. Now, isn't this reminiscent uh, of the biblical episode in which the Israelite men were enamored of the Midianite women and started having sexual relations with them. As And then the, the prophet Baal said, the only way we can destroy the white race, or the Israelites, is by having sexual intercourse with them. That way we will destroy their moral fabric and rip them away from Yahweh. Isn't this the same thing, Michael?
1: Yeah, it's the same. That was the only thing that he could do because other all other means did fail on him. So I guess he got some. I guess the other, I don't remember. I remember this mm-hmm. Baal priest. He tried everything he did it, and the, uh, and and what happened was that the Israelites were always blessed, and right. he got just more and more mad at them, and then yeah. he come up with this idea, and that was using forging women, and and that case was the Median women, and the and the and they were saying and the and the curb. And a cure to that one was um, was with our um, when um, yeah, when the, this uh, Phineas, yeah. high high gen, uh, Phineas when this high general took this Midian woman and paraded with her and then got into this tent and then Phineas uh, stuck both of them to death and that fixed that cured this disease. This disease, yeah, well, uh,
0: because why? Because the other races spread disease among us. Right. We're the ones who invented hygiene and sanitation, and that goes all the way back to Israel. The Israel, the Israelites were commanded by Yahweh to stay clean, wash themselves. Right? The other races never did that. You know, for example, when I was in Vietnam, I observed the local people just squatting and pooping, you know, right outside. <laughs> right? Uh, the decent ones went out in the fields and then came back, but they, they didn't have a latrine. They didn't cover their poop up, etc., etc. right? So it was like animals. In fact, the same thing is true in Africa. When I went down there in t- 2014, I saw a lot of black men just you're getting out of their trucks and peeing on the side of the road, <laughs> right? That, that's what they were doing. Okay, back to you.
1: Yeah. So, and this is again uh, because now because of this um, race mixing that goes on, then we get um, we get. Uh, I guess I don't know what to say. The curse, and what we name for you, because that was something that also the king here, Gustavus Adolphus, did when um, he found out one of his troops was stealing something from the from the people in Germany. He took the he took he came himself out with a. To God, or something took the guy in the head and said, "Come on, boy, with me now. I have to punish you before God will punish punish the whole army." And then he hung him.
0: Yeah,
1: he believed that that would that would punish his whole army and his uh, and the all because because of that sin. If that sin pre- persists,
0: yes. Okay.
1: Uh, Was so I this reading
0: is or a were <I'm>, Oh, was I reading or were you reading? <laughs> I forgot. I, you were reading. I, oh, okay. I got, I got really involved in what's going on here, <laughs> right? So l- let me finish. Uh, I lost my place. Where was I?
1: Uh, and I guess you are Roman leaders were supportive for this, uh, um, is it this, this Aspengus, so yes, the Greek Romans were devoted to social, religious, moral and spiritual bonds. Oh, right,
0: right. And we got off into the biblical
1: tangent of the Midianites. Yeah, the Midianites yeah. were in fact, the descendants
0: of Abraham and Keturah. Abraham and Keturah. So they were of our race, but they were race mixers, right? Yes. How often do we have to put up with this stuff, folks? All right, okay. So our people are so susceptible to brainwashing and yeah. debauchery, right? Gambling, booze, etc. Our Our people are so easily distracted from... Righteousness, that's the real problem. Our people simply refuse to be righteous, and that righteousness is the only thing that's going to get us into the kingdom, okay? So anyway, Tavistock by 1937 had become had come a long way from its Wellington House beginnings and the successful propaganda campaign that had turned the British empire or British public from being strongly anti-war in 1913 to willing participants through the art of manipulation with the willing cooperation of news, communications, media. uh, Coleman is very much aware of the Jewish question. There's no doubt that he is. I think uh, his intention in writing this book was to make people aware of subversive elements without referring to the Jews because Coleman was a very very frequent contributor to the... uh, Christian Crusade in Louisiana, which was an offshoot of the uh, Dr. Wesley Swift's School of Identity, right? And he was a frequent contributor down there. In fact, he was one of the uh, editors. So uh, he's very well of the Jew situation, but the thrust of his book is to simply make people aware of subversive elements without uh, addressing the Jew question, right, because he figured he'd get a larger audience that way. So uh, one more paragraph. The technique was carried across the Atlantic in 1916 to manipulate the American people to support of the war in Europe, in spite of the fact that the vast majority, including the, at least 50 U.S. senators, were adamantly opposed to the U.S. getting dragged into the, what they perceived was essentially a quarrel between Britain and France on the one hand and Germany on the other, largely over trade and economics. The conspirators were undeterred. At that point, Wellington House introduced the word isolationists as derogatory description of those Americans who opposed U.S. participation in the war. The use of such words and phrases has proliferated under the expert brainwashing of the social sciences t- scientists at Tavistock. Terms like regime change, collateral damage, Became almost new English language. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they were very good at it. All right, you want to pick it up from here, uh, page four, first paragraph. I mean, sorry, page fourteen. Sorry.
1: Um, yes. Let's. Uh, now I lost. Yeah, yeah page with, fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, with Tavistock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. I will start at page fourteen. And um, they go. Uh, Derogatory um, descriptions of the, those Americans who oppose U.S. participants in the war. The use of those words and phrases has proliferated under the expert brainwashing of the social science, sciences, scientists at Tavistock. Terms like renew, uh, regime changes, collateral damage became almost new English language. Oh, that one you read. Yeah, well, we're, <laughs> and, picking
0: up, we're picking up their language, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Because yeah, that's, it's all over the
0: place. Right. No, no, we don't. We're not like monkeys mimicking Tavistock. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, uh, With the Tavistock plan modified to suit American conditions, Bernays and uh, Lippmann led President Woodrow Wilson to set up the very first Tavistock methodological techniques of uh, polling, manufacturing so-called public opinions created by Tavistock propaganda. They also thought Wilson to set up a secret body of managers to run the war effort and a body of advisors to assist the president in his decision-making. The Creel Commission was the first such body of opinions makers set up in the United States. Can I have a guess, Seriali? Are those what to say? Yeah. Managers and advisers probably Jews. Uh, for sure. Yeah, and, for sure. and secret. They are always right. secret, so... Yeah, but
0: uh, also Freemasons and uh, I forget the British Secret Society that that, uh, uh, advocated gradualism, a very, very slow infiltration and change of the culture, okay? Uh, That's how the socialists operate. The socialists operate from above, manipulating academics and students in school. The communists operate from below, by wreaking havoc and destruction in the streets okay so uh this is the way they do it and both are financed by the rothschilds and the the wealthy the oberjuden they're financed by the oberjuden in every single case yeah back to you
1: yeah so this is again this you burn the sticks on the on the and you burn the can on both end of the on the sticks above from below so, Woodrow Wilson was the first American president to publicly proclaim himself in favor of a socialist new world order. Oh, can you mean the, the Fabian Society? Yes, absolutely. Fabian Society. Thank you. Um socialist new um, world order inside a socialist one-word government. Yeah. His remarkable acceptance of the new world order is found in his book, The New Freedom.
0: Ha. New freedom.
1: <laughs> And then the question is, is this something that you Americans did, uh, he, did you accept this, that he acknowledged this, something that you believe is something good? Were you able to participate in this? What, in, in the new freedom? No, this all this bullshit to say here, that he, he is a favor of socialist new world order instead of socialist one-word government. Well, Woodrow
0: Wilson, yeah, he he was <laughs> manipulated into that position for sure absolutely 100%. And uh, you know, when he went to Europe uh, for the League of Nations and the Versailles Treaty, he went there as an idealist, but every one of his idealistic propositions, such as self-determination for all ethnic minorities, <laughs> was thrown out the window, right? I think Woodrow Wilson at that point was trying to shrug off the control the Jews had over him, but it didn't work. You know, He, he
1: was their puppet.
0: He knew it. Nothing he could do about it.
1: Yeah, and that was due to the visit he had from this Samuel Untermyer.
0: Right, the the, blackmail. Yeah, the
1: blackmail. Yeah, okay. Uh, We say his book was his book, but actually it was written by associate William B. Haley. Wilson denounced capitalism. It is contrary to the common man, and it has brought uh, stagnation to our economy, Wilson wrote.
0: Whoa, I didn't
1: know that. That's interesting. Okay. Yet, at the time, the United States economy was enjoying prosperity and industrial expansion as it had never experienced before in its history. Quote, we stand in the presence of a revolution, not a bloody revolution. America is not given to spilling blood, but a silent revolution whereby America will insist upon Upon recovering uh, to practice those ideas which she has always professed, upon securing a government devoted uh, to the general and not to special interests, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we are upon the um, threshold of a time when the systematic life of the country will be sustained, or at least supplemented at every point by government activity. Yeah, and now we socialism. have to determine
0: socialism. Right. He was
1: advocating communism. Yeah, and this special interest. Yeah, sure. Bankers. Yeah. And, and this now is, we yeah, have... But
0: this is, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is a very seductive idea on the left. The idea that government should exist in order to benefit the, the poorer classes at the expense of the rich classes, right? But it's the rich classes who invented that idea, right? As a ruse... For the left to swallow.
1: Yeah, it is uh, It is this Robin Hood, but it's yeah. the fox guarding the henna. <laughs> right, there you go. And now we have to determine what kind of government activity it shall be. Whether um, in the first place it shall be directed from government in- itself, or whether it shall be in- indirect uh, through instrumentalists, which have already the constituted themselves and which stand ready to sub, uh, supersede government and right. quote
0: Yeah, uh, uh, honestly elected government, okay? They're always, you know, the conspirators are always in the background. Even if uh, constitutionally elected government happens, as happened in Ukraine before the Jews took over in 2014, right? Guess who still rules the roost there, right? Once they get in, it's almost impossible to get them out. The only president in America who successfully evicted the bankers was Andrew Jackson.
1: Yeah, and, and, and he had that on his stone. I killed the bank. Yes, I killed the bank. Yes. All right, please continue. Uh, while the U.S. was still a natural power under the Wilson presidency, Wellington House poured out the candy of lies about Germany. And what a threat it was to America. Oh, yeah, I know right. him. He must—he was a Jew, Wellington right. House. Right. Um, and we are reminded of the statement made by uh, Bakuin in 1814 as he tied in so well with the outrageous propaganda that Wilson made use of the uh, bolster his case. Quote, lying by the plan... Diplomacy. Diplomacy has no other mission. Every time a state wants to declare war upon another state, it starts off by launching a manifesto addressed not only to its own subject, but also to uh, to the whole world. In this manifesto, it declares that that right and justice are on its side and endeavors uh, to prove that it is accurate uh, by love of peace and humanity. (laughs) <laughs> and right,
0: yeah. And, and puppy dogs and teddy bears.
1: Yeah, and that imbued with generous and peaceful sentiment, it suffered for a long time in silence until uh, mounting in iniquity of its enemy forced in to bear its sword, See, And quote. They made us go to war. <laughs> Every single
0: time, you know. And it's just nothing but propaganda against the enemy that they they want to destroy. And the people believe it.
1: Our people are are, suckers. They are like women. They are led by feelings.
0: Right. Well, fear. Yeah. Led by fear. Such as what? COVID.
1: (laughs) Um, Total total fear. Now monkeypox.
0: Yeah. 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 Monkeypox. It's just, uh, what is it? Uh, Hives. Oh, shingles. Monkeypox pox is nothing but shingles.
1: All right, okay. back to you. Thank you. Okay, quote. At the same time, it involves that, uh, disdainful of all material uh, conquest and not seeking any increase in territory, it will put an end to this war as soon as justice is reestablished. And its antagonist answered with a similar manifesto in which, naturally, right... Justice and humanity and all, uh, let's see, all generous sentiments are to be found respectively on its side. These mutually opposed manifesto are written with the same eloquence. They breathe the same righteous indignation and one is just as sincere as the other. That is to say, they are both brazen. In their lies, and it is only fools who are deceived by them. Sensible persons, all those who have the same political experience, do not even take the trouble of reading such a manifestos. That's, and quote. that's right.
0: You know what? Uh, I don't believe Germany had ever put any such propaganda out. I'm not aware of any. Are you? Did Germany? No. World War One. Did Germany put out such disgusting propaganda?
1: Against Britain and America? Certainly not America. No, it was more in the other way, in the other way around. I guess. Sure. It was, uh, but not Germany, really. But I think about now how it is in in um, the the case with Ukraine and Russia.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I recall very vividly that the American press painted a, a picture of German soldiers throwing babies up in the air and catching them on their bayonets. This was the type of propaganda against Germany that was going on here, and I'm sure in Britain as well. Of course, no such thing ever happened. But uh, now that I think about it, I'm not aware that the Germans had any such propaganda machine in World War I. Maybe the Germans started doing that kind of thing in World War II just to counteract Jewish propaganda, right? Right? But I don't think uh, the Germans in World War 1 ever resorted to that type of propaganda. Maybe if somebody in the chat room
1: is aware of something I'm not aware of it. Okay? Not not me I they yeah. had this because I know as you said in World War 1 this that it was so evil. I mean the propaganda against Germany during World War 2 still goes on. So that hasn't right. stopped. Any, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Let me pick it up from here. Uh, yes. President, President Wilson's statements just before he went to the Congress to request a constitutional declaration of war embodies every one of Bakunin's sentiments. Yeah, Bakunin knew what was going on. Bakunin also uh, stated that the Rothschilds and the communists were working together. <laughs> right? Uh, Coleman doesn't go into that in this book. He was lying by diplomacy, and he used the gross propaganda manufactured at Wellington House to inflame the American public by tales of atrocities committed by the German army in its march across Belgium in 1914. As we shall discover, it was, for the most part, a gigantic lie passed off as truth. I remember looking through a large stack of old newspapers at the British Museum, where I spent five years doing in-depth research. The papers covered the years 1912 to 1920. I recall thinking at the time, isn't it amazing that the rush to the New World Order socialist totalitarian government should be led by the United States, supposedly a bastion of freedom? Then, as I recall, it came to me with great clarity that the Committee of 300, by which he means the 300 top Jews in the world, has its people at the highest and lowest echelons embedded in the U.S., in banking, industry, trade, defense, the State Department, and indeed at the very White House, not to mention the elite club called the U.S. Senate, which in my view is a forum for pushing the new world order. Well, is this a repeat of old Rome? Yeah. Yep. It really sounds like it. Yeah, absolutely. I recall thinking that President Wilson's propaganda blast against Germany and the Kaiser, actually the product of Rothschild agents Lords Northcliffe and Rothmere and Wellington House Propaganda Factory, so here he actually mentions the Rothschilds and Jews, but doesn't call them Jews, was not much different to the contrived situation of Pearl Harbor, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, And looking back now, I can see no difference between the propaganda lies about the brutality of German soldiers allegedly chopping off the arms and legs of little Belgian children in 1914 than the methods used to get the American people duped and doped into allowing the Bush administration to invade Iraq. Whereas in 1914, it was the Kaiser who was a brute savage, a ruthless murderer, a monster, the Butcher of Berlin. In 2002, it was President Hussein who was all of these things and a whole lot more, including the Butcher of Baghdad. Poor, duped, deluded, deceived, connived, trustful America. When will you ever learn? In 1917, the New World Order agenda was being rushed through the House and Senate by Woodrow Wilson and President Bush forced the New World Order agenda for Iraq through the House and Senate in 2002 without debate, an exercise of arbitrary power and a gross violation of the U.S. Constitution for which the American people are paying a huge price, but the American people are suffering from toxic shock induced by the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, and the American people are in a state of sleepwalking and without leadership. Well, yeah. What, over 100 years now? We have been utterly without uh, domestic leadership. It's all puppets owned by the Jew banksters. Let me read this last paragraph going into the next page here. They do not know what the price is and do not care to find out. The Committee of 300 continues to rule the United States just as it did in the Wilson and Roosevelt presidencies. While the American people were distracted with bread and circuses, only today it is baseball, football, endless Hollywood, and Social Security. Nothing has changed. Over to you,
1: Michael. Yeah, page yeah, 18. And it's the same in all of, I guess, you in America have it, you have the worst of those, what to you say, those... Um, Diversions with money, with you can do everything, all those kind of stuff. It's all diversions, so people don't look up, they only have fun all the time. But all this fun with someday they will pull down all this what to say, um, the oh, the gadine I don't know, remember the English word for for when the when the curtain goes down, and then it would only be communist. And I guess, didn't this, uh, um, you have this uh, Hungarian, was the Hungarian guy, this pastor that uh, had lost his. His, um, he has fled from, uh, from oh, communists. He, George
0: uh, Rivari, yeah. George
1: yes, Rivari. He yes. became
0: a Christian identity minister here, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he said that that it will come a day. You, you are out on your parties and all the, your um, clubs and everything, but come a day when all this will be closed. Everything will be closed. We go down everything. It will be gray. It will be closed, and then all the fun is stopped.
0: Yeah, yeah. all the fun is over. And that's when people will rebel, <laughs> because they want to have their fun, right? If they're you're not having fun, you know, at their baseball games and gambling, and uh, their parties, you you name it. If they if they're deprived of their fun, then they start saying, "Hey, what's going on? Who's doing this to us?" Right? We're at almost at that point. There are there are signs that the American people are getting restless, and wanting to start finding out who is responsible. And, of course, it's not Joe Biden. He's just a public figure. He's just a public puppet. They have to start asking the question, who controls Biden? And our answer has to be, follow the money. (laughs) Uh, Who was it? It was a British guy who said, "The, uh, the, the politician rules the mob uh the, the mob is inflamed by, by, oh sorry I, I forget how how to say it goes but anyway he, he said the politician rules the mob and 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 the, oh the, uh, the the politician is ruled by gold and the jew owns the gold yes yeah. nice. right that's how it works have it.
1: yeah yeah have it. the politician's master is the gold and the jews own the gold so you that's, know who rules the politicians that's right they're only there for they are only their puppet, and they only go to them to ask what to do. And then they sell it, they, sugar, they, they sell it in a good cell. It sounds good. But everything was satanic, and everything led to the, what do say, the road to hell is paved with good intention.
0: And the bodies of dead liberals and Judeo-Christians.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's continue. The United States, harried, home, pushed and showed is um, heeded off a fast track to the New World Order, propelled along by the radical Republicans of the War Party, who have been taken over by the uh, scientists at the Tavistock Institute for Human Relations. Just recently, I was asked by a subscriber, quote, where do we find the Tavistock Institute, End quote. My response was, quote, "Look around the. US. Senate, the House of, of Representatives, the White House, the State Department of Defense Department, Wall Street, Fox TV, Fox TV, and you will see their sh- sh- change agents in every one of these places." end quote: mm-hmm. President Wilson was the first U.S president to manage the war through a civilian committee guided and directed by the um, Bernays and Lippmann from Wellington House, uh, to which we have already made mention. The resounding success of Wellington, Wellington House and its enormous influence on the course of American history began before that That in 1913. Wilson had spent almost a year tearing down the protective trade uh, tariffs that had defended the American domestic markets from being overwhelmed by free trade. Essentially, the practice of allowing cheap British goods made with cheap labor in India to flood the American market. On October the 12th, 1913, Wilson signed the bill that uh, was the beginning of the end of the unique American middle class along the target of the Fabians' socialists. The bill was described as a measure to be adjust tariffs, but it would have been accurate to describe it as a bill to destroy tariffs. Uh, such was the hidden power of Wellington House that the vast majority of the American people accepted this lie, not knowing or realizing that it was a death uh, kneel, kneel
0: no, for American... No. Co- the, the K is science. silence, <laughs>
1: death knell. Uh, right. Death Nell. for the American commerce. It's, it's a double commerce. L. It's, it's hard to read there. It's a double L. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, for American commerce, that would lead to NAFTA, GATT, and the World Trade Organization, Even more astonishing was the acceptance of the Federal Income Tax Act that was uh, passed on September 5, 1913 to replace trade tariff as the source of revenue for the federal government. Income tax is a Marxist uh, doctrine not found in the U.S. Constitution any more than the Federal Reserve Bank is found in the Constitution. Wilson Wilson called his twin blows against the Constitution, uh, quote, a fight for the people and for the free businesses, and quote, and said he was proud to have taken, quote, part in the co- completion of a great piece of businesses, end quote. The Federal Reserve Act, explained by Wilson as, quote, reconstruction, the na- nation's banking currency system, end quote, was rushed through on a flood tide of propaganda emanating from Wellington House just in time for the hostilities that began the horror of World War I yes. most historians are agreed that without a passage of the Federal Reserve Bank Act Lord Grey would not have been able to start that terrible uh, conflagration
0: conflagration the, is another word for holocaust
1: big raging fire uh, uh, the deceptive language of the Federal Reserve Act was under the guidance of Bernays and Lippmann, who set up a, quote, National Citizens League, end quote, with the notorious Samuel Untermeyer as his chairman to promote the Federal Reserve Bank that um, secured control of the people's money and currency and transformed it to a private monopoly without the victim's consent.
0: Okay, well, this is interesting information. Because uh, I'm very familiar with the Federal Reserve Act, but I never knew that Samuel Untermeyer, Bernays, and Lippmann were also involved in the propaganda effort. So this is very good information. Okay, back to you.
1: Yeah, and this Untermeyer has been uh, this Jewish, what to say, This what to say, he's a lawyer, I guess. He has been up against, I guess, both Wilson, because he was the one that came to Wilson with this mails he had with Mary Peck, and I guess Untermeyer was also used to blackmail Henry Ford, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and that, he also
0: I, I, I don't know if they blackmailed Henry Ford, uh, you know, Untermeyer blackmailed Wilson, but uh, Untermeyer attacked Henry Ford because Henry Ford understood what was going on. You know, he wrote the book, the international Jew and uh, he, he was, Ford was hated by the Jews for publishing that book. And then, uh, His secretary wrote the book, The Covenant People, which is the beginning of the Christian identity movement in the world, you know, because uh, there was British Israel, which taught taught that the Jews are the tribe of Judah, but Henry Ford saw through that and wrote a book called The Covenant People, in which the Jews are described as non-Israelites, okay? So Henry Ford and his editor, William Cameron, were actually the authors of Christian Identity in America. Back to you.
1: Yeah, maybe he wasn't, as I said, they did, maybe didn't blackmail Henry Ford, but I guess they did make some th- Attempt- uh, threats to him about oh, yes. writing articles in their newspaper about his carving into all the kind of accidents just to get him off right. there. Off the, right. Yeah, they tried to get him. Uh, to get him. And yes. No was also used against uh, um, the Swedish match king.
0: Okay. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that is a form of blackmail, publishing articles that your cars are no good. (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is, I guess, but they they use it with what's there with them? Subtle blackmail. (laughs) Or subtle, I guess. You know, this, uh, I don't know, this this Japanese proverbs, this water will sometimes break the stone. Right. (laughs) Dripping, dripping, dripping. Right, right.
0: Okay, here, I'll okay. pick it up on page uh, 18.
1: Yes, uh, I will read. Shall I just read the last paragraph here then? Oh, okay, very good. One of the most interesting pieces of history surrounding the imposition of the forging financial slavery measure was that before it was sent to Wilson for his signature, a copy was given to the sinister colonel Edward Mandel House. As a representative of Wellington House and the British oligarchy, represented by the bankers, G. P. Morgan. Ah, yes. sorry, it was yeah. Edward Mandel House. Is the Jew? Wellington House is just a, I guess just that's just, just a, was just a PR firm or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a propaganda machine. Right. Propaganda. Yeah. And, sorry, and of I course. It was, the, it was Edward Mandel House was the one I thought about.
0: And House also is Jewish. Okay, so you can see that Woodrow Wilson's cabinet and the people surrounding him were virtually all Jews, okay, just like Joe Biden. Nothing has changed in America since the Wilson administration. Absolutely nothing. Okay, page XX, 20 in Roman numerals. As to the American people in whose name the disastrous measure was instituted, they had not the faintest idea how they had been connived, cheated, lied to and utterly deceived. An instrument of slavery was fastened around their necks without the victims even becoming aware of it. Wellington House methodology was at its height when Wilson was coached in how to persuade Congress to declare war on Germany, although he had won election on the solemn promise to keep America out of the war, then raging in Europe. A great triumph for the new art of public opinion making. It was just that the poll questions were shaded in such a way that the answers reflected the opinions of the public, not their understanding of the question, nor their understanding of the processes of political science. A thorough search and reading of the congressional records from 1910 to 1920 by this writer showed very clearly that had Wilson not signed the iniquitous Currency Reform Bill on December 23rd, 1913. That's the Federal Reserve Act. The upper-level parallel secret government of the United States foretold by H.G. Wells would not have been able to commit the vast resources of the United States to the war in Europe. Now, H.G. Wells is an interesting character because he was also a member of the Fabian Society, but the books he wrote were very revealing (laughs) of what's going on in the world. In fact, he was the one publicly stated that the Ashkenazi Jews, their ancestors never set foot in Israel, right? So he was pretty, uh, you know, I guess he liked to get uh, facts out, uh, you, know, uh, you know, as the, how should I put it? You know, the, the, I, got, I got the scoop, folks. The Jews aren't Israelites, <laughs> right? Okay.
1: A question Eli. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm not that's very un- un- knowledgeable but A.G. Wells, does he have anything to do with this banking firm, Wells Wells Cargo? No, no, no
0: relationship. No. Yeah, okay. that was that was earlier. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was a member of the Fabian Society. Maybe he joined them later after writing that, that kind of thing, right? Maybe that's the, what happened. Okay, but uh, yeah. So, but H G Wells again, absolutely correct that w- without this Federal Reserve Act which enabled the Federal Reserve Bank to simply print money to finance the war, our participation in that war would have never happened. So he's absolutely correct. The House of Morgan representing the Olympians of the Committee of 300 and all its powerful City of London financial nexus played a leading role in shaping the U.S. Federal Reserve banks, which were neither federal nor banks, nor did they have any money. <laughs> they just create money. They don't, they don't store money but a private money-generating monopoly fastened around the necks of the American people whose money was now free to be stolen on an unimaginable scale, making them slaves of the New, York, New World Order inside the coming one-world government. The Great Depression of the 1930s was the second major catastrophic bill the American people ha- had to pay, the first being World War One. Those who read this book as a first introduction to the New World Order inside of a one-world government, will be skeptical. But consider that no less a personage than great Sir Harold Mackinder, that never heard of him, did not hide his beliefs about his co- its coming. More than that, he gave notice that it might be a dictatorship. <laughs> so Harold had an impressive resume, having been professor of geography at the University of London, a director of the London School of Economics from 1903 to 1908, and a member of Parliament from 1910 to 1922. He was also a close associate of Arnold Toynbee, one of the leading lights at Wellington House. Oh, Toynbee was at Wellington House. Very interesting. He had correctly predicted a core of startling geopolitical events many of them actually coming to pass. Well, just like Oswald Spengler, right? (laughs) Okay? We make the predictions, and the Tavistock Institute institutes them. One such prophecy was the founding of two Germanys, the Social Democratic Republic of Germany and the Federal Republic of Germany. Critics suggested that he got the information from Toynbee that it was merely a long-range planning of the Committee of 300 that Toynbee knew about. After Wellington House, Toynbee moved to the Royal Institute for International Affairs and then to London University, where he held the chair for international history. In his book, America and the World Revolution, he said, quote, If we are to avoid mass suicide, we must have our world state quickly, and this probably means that we must have it in a non-democratic form to begin with we will have to start building a world state now on the best design that is practicable at the moment, unquote. So here, here, more fear-mongering. I mean, they are practiced at the art of fear-mongering. We have to have a one-world government to have peace, to have democracy, right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. you
1: get Nazis. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, but it's mass, mass. what is it saying say? Mass uh, suicide. What is that all about?
0: Oh, well, no. He's just simply saying that nations, because wars are blamed on nations, in in, in communist propaganda, right? Nationalism.
1: Nationalism uh, ah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Nationalism is the big bugaboo, right? And so that the the United Nations, so called, is created to destroy nations, or to unify them under their umbrella. So that they can be easily manipulated and guided into war, we have not had a moment's peace since the Rothschilds started World War I and World War II, created the United Nations and the State of Israel, Israel, and we've had nothing but war ever since
1: yeah, yeah. isn't that also I heard that isn't it something that all the generals, high generals, top generals need to report to the u n That's right, their movement. You're so right. by that way, they can have uh, they have some kind of war games. So they right. can they can make sure to make to make some big losses as possible, and to it's everything is just it is a uh, construction. Yeah. It is just an it's an yeah some kind of war game done by the UN.
0: Yeah, and, and now we have these war games on video, right? To, that all the kids go to these video parlors to play these games. That's literally what these people do. They play war games with our lives, and they they sell the war as what? What it will To save the world for democracy, right? That's bullshit. <laughs> yes, they might as well just call it mockery, because they're mocking us. Okay, uh, we have about ten minutes left. Why don't you take the uh, finish off this opening chapter, this introductory chapter, Michael?
1: Yes, we'll do that. So, um, uh, Tony B. went on in a for, uh, forthright manner saying this, quote, world dictatorship, and quote, would have to supplant, quote, the local national state which uh, litter the present political map, end quote. The new world state was to be brought about on the basis of mass mind control and propaganda that would make it acceptable I explain in my book The Committee of 300 that Bernays blew the whistle on uh, polling in his 1923 and 1928 books Propaganda and uh, Crystallizing Public Opinion This was following by engineering, engineering uh, consent uh, Self-preservation Ambition Pride Hunger Love of family and children, patriotism, imi- uh, can, uh, imi-
0: imitativeness, where we we, okay. we imitate things others do.
1: Yeah, yeah. We should imitate then Yahweh and Yeshua.
0: Right? Yeah. We, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, but,
1: yep, yep, yep. Uh, the desire to be a leader, love. Of play, play these and other dr- uh, drivers are the physical raw material which every leader must take into account in his endeavor to win the public to his point of view. To maintain their self-assurance, most people need to feel certain that whatever they believe about anything is true.
0: Okay. Well, uh, since this is the the subject is about manipulating the public opinion and organizing. Leftists against the middle class. I'll let remind everybody I did an audiobook of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, and that's available under the download section in Special Projects. It's a four part, it's an eight hour audiobook in four parts detailing the strategy outlined by Saul Alinsky. By the way, he dedicates his book to Lucifer in the preface of the book. And his protégés are Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Don't you know? Back to you.
1: Yeah, go figure. I wonder how many could be in Sweden that has read that book.
0: Oh, I'll bet.
1: Many. Many, yes, of course, but they don't want to maybe say. But I think, yes, they have. Um, these revealing works are examined, and we should add that in writing them, the Tavisok um, Hierarchy apparently felt secure enough uh, to gloat over their control of the United States and Great Britain, that had uh, blossomed into an open conspiracy along the lines first suggested by A.G. Wells. With the advent of Wellington House, funded by the British monarchy and later by Rockefeller, Rothschild, and the United States, Western civilization entered into the first f- um, phase of a plan that would provide a secret government to rule the world, namely the Committee of 300. Tavistock Institute of Human Relations was a creation. As this book is not about the Committee of 300, we would suggest the reader obtain copies of the first and second book, the Committee of 300. The 300's carefully structured blueprints has been followed to the letter, and today, as we reach the end of 2005, Looking back, it is fairly easy for knowledgeable persons to trace the course that was laid out for Western civilization and to mark its progression to the point where we are today. This book is an attempt to do just that.
0: Okay, well, that's a fantastic introductory chapter. I mean, he really lays it out how the Tavistock Institute has... Gobsmacked. <laughs> Gobsmacked. I guess it's sucker punch is a, another word. Sucker punch the American people, getting us into all these wars. And you know, he rarely talks about the Jews. He'll, he'll talk about the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, but he doesn't talk about Talmudic Judaism at all. Okay? Because Talmudic Judaism is the brainchild of all of this deceit and subversion going on of Christian culture around the world, okay? Nevertheless, uh, his material is absolutely outstanding and highly suggest to everybody because it's here, it's free online, okay? You can copy this book and send it to your friends and have them read it and tell them, here, see if you can prove this document wrong, (laughs) okay? Prove it wrong. Okay, so with about seven minutes left, let me uh, tackle page one of chapter one, and we'll probably conclude on that today. Here we go. Chapter one, founding the world's premier brainwashing institute. From its modest but vitally important beginning at Wellington House, the Tavistock Institute for Human Relations expanded rapidly to become the world's premier top-secret brainwashing institute. How this rapid progression was accomplished needs to be explained. The modern science of mass manipulation of public opinion was born at Wellington House, London. The lusty infant being midwifed by Lord Northcliffe and Lord Rothmure. I bet they were both Jews. The British monarchy, Lord Rothschild and the Rockefellers were responsible for funding the venture. The papers were privileged to examine... Uh, oh, the papers we were privileged to examine, showed that the purpose of those at Wellington House was to effect a change in the opinion of the British people who were adamantly opposed to the war with Germany, a formidable task that was accomplished by opinion-making through polling. The staff consisted of Arnold Toynbee, a future director of the studies of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is, uh, our equivalent is the uh, Bilderberger, no, not the Bilderbergers, Uh, close to it, I I can't remember the organization here in America, that's actually the American equivalent of the RIAA, and uh, Lords Northcliffe and the Americans, Walter Lippmann and Edward Bernays. Bernays was born in Vienna, Uh, he's got to be a Jew, Lippmann's probably a Jew too, Uh, in Vienna on November 22, 1891. As the nephew, oh, oh yeah, nephew of Sigmund Freud, <laughs> the father of psycho, is definitely a Jew. The father of psychoanalysis regarded by many as the father of public relations, although the title properly belongs to Willy Munzenberg, Bernays pioneered the use of psychology and other social sciences to shape and form public opinion so that the public thought such manufactured opinions were their own. So the one thing that uh, Donald Trump did that was good was he informed the American people of fake news, which they never suspected of being fake news, right? But we knew all along it was fake news. But they wouldn't listen to us, but they wouldn't listen to Donald Trump. Unfortunately, he didn't take it as far as it should have been taken. And basically all the good work he, he did, which really wasn't very much, it's all been undone by the Biden administration. So a couple more paragraphs here. Page two. If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without them knowing it, Bernays postulated. He called this technique engineering consent. What, or Manufacturing Madness, one of his best-known techniques of achieving this goal was the indirect use of what he called third-party authorities to shape the desired opinions. Quote, If you can influence the leaders either with or without their conscious cooperations, you automatically influence the group which, with, with which they sway. This technique is called opinion-making. Yeah, so you hire an economist like Kenneth Galbraith, okay? And you say, oh, inflation is good, <laughs> right? So they hired this economist, John Kenneth Galbraith, who published a book, I forget what the title, but in that book he declared, there's nothing wrong with inflation. We don't have to balance the budget. Uh, this is simply how we make progress, right? And so, and then he's not the only one. I would say, Michael, every economist at every university today is one of these opinion makers.
1: Yeah, and they are communists, and at least they are atheistic. That was my experience when I was in college where I was. I was studying more general technology as an engineer, but still there, of course, you also have um, the atheistic view about that everything is Evolution. Yeah. There was no God. God view about it. Everything was evolution. That's right. That's
0: right. And it's same here in American universities. It's got to be a true of all European universities as well. Certainly Canada. You know, the one honest intellectual in Canada is Jordan Peterson, and he's having a huge impact online as well, right? And of course, he's had his share of. Uh, he's had to take his lumps. You know, he was mocked and censored and thrown out of the university by the leftist cabal that controls every university. But nevertheless, he was able to make a huge impact uh, with his online videos and interviews. Okay? So thankfully, the Internet internet can be used by us to get to the public. We just have to have a marketing strategy. Hey, I just had an idea, Michael. Maybe if we hired a third person... (laughs) Somebody who is relatively famous to express our point of view, but not from us. He's just one of our hirelings to convince the public, hey, these people are called Christian identity. They don't know what they're talking about. Listen to them, right? That's called a shill. You hire a guy to promote what you're doing. The public doesn't suspect he's actually working for you, but he is, okay? All right, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Eli. Yes, thank you, Michael. All right, folks, thank you for being here and supporting your folk radio. We'll be back uh, later today. Voice of Christian Israel. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. We have a fight on our hands, folks. Be ready. Take care. Bye bye.